My name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Members to Excellence, a podcast that explores the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. We discuss the triumphs and failures that have shaped our lives and our leadership philosophies. I've found that it isn't whether we fail that defines us, but when we do fail, how we respond. Leaders dust off the ashes and use their failures as fuel to work harder and as lessons to come back wiser and stronger, more resilient, more determined, and more committed to excellence. Today, I'm talking with Jared Geving. He is the president and founder of Sacred Mountain Retreat. It's a nonprofit organization that since its inception has raised money in order to put veterans and first responders with PTSD through their retreat in order to help these heroes heal. Now, Jared and his family bought the retreat center and formed the foundation back in December of 2018. And after raising money, in order to put the first group through. They had their first group of veterans and first responders go through in April of 2019. Now, right now, Jared is at the South Dakota Heritage Alliance Center, spreading the word on his mission, the mission of the Sacred Mountain Retreat, and uh, just making, making what he and his family uh, are doing um, well, bringing awareness to, to the importance of what they're doing. So um, I, I guess let's just get into this, Jared. Can, um, can you tell me a little bit about, <clears throat> can you tell me a little bit about your background and kind of what led you into uh, taking on such a such a noble cause yeah well uh first of all thank you for bringing me on to your show and letting me speak uh you and i got to build a relationship here um not very long ago when you got to come and kind of witness firsthand um what the hills of south dakota are all about so yeah um so uh born and raised in a little little farming ranching oil field town in eastern Montana. Um, my family was very involved in many different businesses. We had three or four businesses growing up and I just followed around and worked wherever I needed to. And as I got older, I kind of started taking over some of the family businesses and um, moved around, was in the oil field business for a while. And just um, I really couldn't find like my calling. I, I, there was, it was always like I was chasing something that I really didn't know what I was chasing. And I started um, getting involved in different veteran organizations. Uh, there's a really good one that I am very involved with in Wyoming called Wild West. There is um, a, a really good organization in Texas <coughs> called Halo for Freedom. Um, I've done some stuff with the Blue Skies out of Ohio. And anyway, um, after doing those type of things and meeting and, and, and getting to know more and more veterans, first responders, 
hearing how there's really nothing out there. I shouldn't say that there's really nothing out there. There's not places that they can go that are safe. <clears throat> they can that they can get away for a week and truly get some mental, physical, and emotional healing um, to the point where they can just let some things go, talk with other like-minded veterans, first responders, and it doesn't have to be in a clinical position. They don't have to have doctors. We don't have to have counselors in there for these people to be able to talk to and share some of their stories and to, to, to have people listen. My, my family and I, we looked at this property and I just, I, I thought it was a, a, a beautiful piece of property and that it would be absolutely amazing to have a retreat center such as what we have now. It was set up with bedrooms. It was set up with, uh, you know, so it's 10,000 square foot lodge on 65 acres in the middle of the Black Hills. For those of you that don't know where the Black Hills are, Google it because it's amazing. But this, play, this, this piece of property had eight bedrooms. Each bedroom has its own bathroom. So four rooms have bunk beds. Two rooms have queen size beds. Two rooms have full-size beds. We're completely handicap accessible. We're, we fit all of the ADA requirements. Um, they have, like I said, they have their own bathrooms, their own showers. They have access to um, the, the whole 10,000 square foot lodge. There's a, there's a game room that they can play pool or air hockey or ping pong. Um, we have a commercial kitchen. There's a dining area where we all sit around for every meal. Um, we do fireside where we sit around in the evenings around a fire and we talk and we share stories and life experiences. When, when, the, when, the, when the conception started coming to my mind, I, I, again, kind of backtracking a little bit, I was, I was like doing all sorts of different things in my life. Everything from oil field to ranch life to uh, working the family tire business. And I was wanting to do something that I could actually be giving back, be, be helping people that have paid the ultimate sacrifice. And every single person, service member, I don't care if you're a firefighter, if you're a police officer, if you're a correctional officer, or if you're a veteran. In today's society, none of them, none of those service members, I call them all heroes because they're all heroes in my eyes, they don't get what they truly deserve after they put their life on the line every single day. When people are running out of buildings, firefighters are running into buildings. When there's a mass shooting, people are running out, police officers are running in. EM, EMT people, they're going to horrible, horrible car wrecks and different things. They can't get those things out of their mind. This place is able, we're able to sit around, have camaraderie, have conversation, and be able to let them know that they can open up and they can talk about it because talking about it sometimes can be helping in a healing process to be able to just get it out in the open instead of keeping it all bottled up. People are told that it's okay to cry, you know? I, I would like to share a little bit about my experience there since, uh, <clears throat> 
offense is so fresh and and that would that will lead me into a couple of questions because it's not like anything I, I've been through. Um, you know, I've been struggling with PTSD for for many years, and you know, I've seen counselors. I've you know been on medication, uh, done different programs designed specifically for veterans and first responders but it was all like a clinical setting and the the amazing thing about that so how i even found out about you is kind of a fluke because um i never thought in a million years i'd have any reason to go to south dakota you know growing up in florida just like where is that? <laughs> um, but I interviewed uh, a retired Navy SEAL, um, Ross Monroe. And in his interview, he talks about Sacred Mountain Retreat. And uh, it was after that episode that I shared some information about you guys. You know, not really knowing too much about, about you and what you did. I just kind of trusted Ross because he's an amazing guy and um, he kept on saying you know you should look into it why don't you apply why don't you and uh, I, I eventually did and you guys invited me up and um, really wasn't sure what to expect uh, I, I think you know I mean you were there the entire time I was a little bit closed off in the beginning <laughs> but how you have everything how you have everything designed there where there is no clinicians there there's no counselors or anything like that there is introductions everybody comes together we talk about our backgrounds and then we split up into groups and then you know, there were seven of us, we split up into two groups, and then you had three mentors, all three of them had already been through the program, all three of them extremely credible with their life experiences, and, you know, very relatable to how, how I've struggled, and I know everybody that was there could relate to their struggles and seeing how positive they were, it was like, okay, you know, I want that. Um, but I didn't quite trust anybody to really open up initially and through the projects that we worked on, um, what I, I thought was awesome, uh, how you how you talked about um, you know, we were all going to work on some form of improvement to the facility, not just for us to be able to take ownership, but improve for the people that are coming behind us. And um, it was just, it was that teamwork where we actually kind of let our guard down and started talking to one another and uh, that's 
that's really when I started to go, all right, you know, these, these are some cool people. And then listening to their stories, I finally was like, you know, I, I think I can, I think I can trust these fuckers. So I'll, uh, you know, I, I'll share maybe something I have to say will, um, will resonate and, uh, you know, feeling, feeling all of that as I share is not going to be wasted, you know, cause that's, I think one of the biggest things when you open those doors and you start talking about all that stuff, you experience that, that pain all over again. And, uh, that's not pleasant, but knowing that you're in such a safe environment, it was, it was, it was comforting. Yeah. And, um, no judgment or anything like that. And so, uh, with everything that you had put together for us to do, you know, the, the improvements to the facility, the working with the horses, the, the family time, the, the blacksmithing, like all that stuff. Like I, I'm curious. Oh, and the, the yoga, the massage, the, all that stuff. I mean, it, it was like nothing I've ever experienced. The people that you had come in to, to work with us were just phenomenal people. And I, I just, ever since leaving there, I've thought about this and it's like, how did you come up with all of these components and how did you blend them in such a way that it works so effectively? Well, I'd be lying to you if I said I know. Because <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed to kind of happen. Um, you know, like I, I, I've said this many times, I knew I wanted equine therapy to be the root of the program. And I've always enjoyed blacksmithing. I've never been all that good at it, but I've always enjoyed being able to look at something old that's no good and, and have something fun with it. Um, being able to do leather work. We didn't get to do that during your program because of some other things. But um, And then I just feel, I mean, Tara, our massage therapist, she is just amazing. She yeah. is she is so good at what she does and i believe again body heart soul mind they all flow together well if your body is feeling better your mind can be more at ease your soul can be better off your heart's going to heal um so i can't i i definitely don't like taking the credit for it because that's not who i am um but it, it just It just, it, it, it's probably one of the only things in my whole entire life that I've done that is completely natural. When I started developing this program and, and, and visiting with other people and I was telling them my plans and my thoughts and my goals, they're like, this is amazing. How come you haven't thought about this years ago? I, I guess I'm just going to say it's the sheer big guy upstairs that was guiding me and walking me in the right directions and giving me the different thoughts and the tools to make all of it flow. 
you've had the opportunity throughout the years to meet some amazing people, some amazing American heroes, uh, you know, veterans that have just experienced horrific things, but their, their heart and their, I don't know, their resolve and everything is just phenomenal. I, <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I, uh, I have for sure. Uh, I've met, I mean, you're right. I've met some amazing people. Uh, right here today with me at uh, here at Sioux Falls at this Heritage Center. Uh, I have Medal of Honor recipient Michael Fitz Maurice. He's with me here today. He lives in Sioux Falls. He came over. I called him. I told him I was coming. He's here hanging out with me. Um, you know, I've met uh, many, many other Medal of Honor recipients, um, Purple Heart recipients, um, you know, Benghazi survivors, 9-11 survivors, uh, police officers who have been in mass shootings in all different walks of life, correctional officers that have seen some of the worst of the worst. I, I honestly say I'm blessed every single day I get to meet a firefighter or I get to meet a police officer, correctional officer, whomever it may be. I'm blessed because they're all heroes. They're all heroes in my life. Would you mind sharing... Um, just maybe you don't have to use any names or anything, but can you share one of, I don't know, one of the stories of somebody that's come through your program that is just like somebody that you would point to and say, you know, this is, this is somebody that came to us and they've been, I don't know, uh, a huge advocate for your for your group that yeah absolutely I'll, i will share a story i'll share a story of um, a, a, an individual that came through our program uh september september of 2019 um this guy was he had reached his point of burnout to the point where um he was fixing to walk away from a 22 year career, leave it all behind because he didn't know how to cope anymore with fear, with stress, with anxiety, with guilt, not only from, from jobs, but from just life. I mean, he, he, he was fixing to get married and his life was like, ready to just, he, he was literally, he, it, he figured it was about ready to just go up and smoke. He reached out to a friend of his, who is also a friend of mine, and was explaining to her about, you know, kind of telling him his story, wanted to know if she knew of any place. Told, she told him what was going on. He told her what was going on. And she says, you know what, I, I do. She goes, one of my good friends has just started an organization in South Dakota. It's a week-long deal. I think you should go and check it out. She's like, he goes, I can't be gone for a week. I'm working. This friend of ours said to him, what do you want to do? Go home and tell your soon-to-be wife that you're going to be gone for a week or go in and tell your boss that you're going to be gone for a week to go and get some shit figured out in your head? Or do you want to go home and tell your future wife 
I'm done working. I don't know what I'm going to do. I might go to work at Burger King, but I can't do what I have to do anymore. He had, I think he had, uh, when he came into the program, he had six years left before he could retire. <laughs> and he said to this friend of ours, you're absolutely right. He went in and told his boss that he needed to take um, seven days off and didn't tell him anything. And this guy showed up and didn't say two words to anyone. The whole way up from the airport to the retreat center, he said seven words. It's about an hour drive from the airport to the retreat center. He said seven words to the driver. When he got there um, for the first two meals, he didn't speak to anyone. He told us his name and where he was from when we went around the room and did the introductions. Um, he looked at his plate, wouldn't make eye contact with anyone. <clears throat> uh, that was uh, Thursday night, Thursday night when everyone come in and we had health and wellness and breakfast the next morning. And then we started right in with equine therapy. They went out, his, his group went out and started equine therapy. The other group did log splitting and kind of cleaning up the, the property. At noon, we flip-flopped. At noon, when I went around the room and asked everyone what their, how their morning was, he said, though, the horses was really, really amazing. He said those words. By the end of that day and the next day, he was starting to open up. He, he gained so much in seven days. It helped him get his mind right, helped get his soul right, helped get him in a better place, saved his life. He says this in more than one setting. He now advocates for Sacred Mountain. Everywhere he goes, he's speaking about it. He is the South Dakota, or excuse me, he is the California ambassador for Sacred Mountain. He has been a mentor in my program. He is absolutely passionate about this program. And he is our featured ambassador and mentor that is kicking off our six on the six program that we launched yesterday, telling his story, his background, and how much this program means to him. Yeah, and that was, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to touch on that, the sixth on the sixth. Uh, program. Could you explain to the listeners what that is and how they can yep. get involved? Yeah. So um, as we as we said earlier in the show, um, you know, it's an it's at no cost to the men and women that come through this program. So we're constantly raising money, looking for sponsors, donors, people that just care and love and have the means and the wants to be able to give back. So um, my marketing team, which is outstanding, they're amazing. They do a lot of very, very, very good things for us. We were talking one day and I was kind of brainchild thinking of different ways. How can we get more people involved that they don't have to put big, big contributions out there? We can all, we can all watch TV and we can see the, uh, the Humane Society, we'll use them for example. Now, you know, 
because you just spent a week with me one of the biggest animal lovers and that you know i mean my horses and my dogs are everything to me but when i see the humane society come on and they say for you know 19.99 a month you can save a dog or a cat well i said why don't we come up with something where we can save our heroes so <laughs> for six dollars a month you can make a pledge it's 72 dollars a year $72 a year, that means you you and your wife or you and your girlfriend or you don't go out for one nice meal on a Saturday night. It's it's as simple as that. It's not it's 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 skipping one cappuccino when you go out. So we came up with this sixth on the sixth, got your six, which everyone in the military, everyone anymore really knows what I got your six means. So this campaign, I think, could be something that could explode in Florida, in Texas, in Colorado, in California, in South Dakota, Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming. This can be such a big deal because, honestly, what's $6 a month? So I, I, I really hope that that's something that, that um, listeners out there you know, they can go to our website. We just launched it. They can sign up to make a, a one-time pay. They can make a one-time if they just want to do $72, if they just want to do it one time, if they want to do $100 one time, whatever they want to do. There's many different options for them to be able to <coughs> donate. But Sorry. <coughs> we wanted it to be a small enough amount that anyone pretty much anyone would be able to do six dollars the other thing that i thought was really cool was uh can you talk a little bit uh talk a little bit about your your calendar and the the drawings absolutely yeah so that's uh we're on our second year of doing the gun raffle calendars last year we did 29 guns this year we're doing 52 guns so every Saturday, the whole entire year, we're drawing for a gun. Um, the calendars this year were $50. Once your name is drawn, it doesn't come out of the box. It goes back in. So you have an opportunity of winning multiple times. Um, I've already had a, I remember, I don't know how many weeks we are into the year, but whatever. I started, um, well, I started the week after the gala, so we're, we're probably at like close to 10 guns, we'll just say. <laughs> I already had a guy out of New York that bought 20 calendars. He's won two guns. Nice. So, yeah, it's a great thing. I mean, I mean it, obviously, if they're watching your podcast, they're more than likely a God-fearing, gunslinging, red, white, and blue American. Who doesn't want a gun, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fact. So how would somebody get a hold of one of those calendars? So I do have a few calendars left. Um, if somebody wants, they can reach out to me through my social media. Um, uh, jump on our website, shoot us a message. However, I don't know, if, are you going to? When you post this, are you going to have the links to our websites and stuff on there? Yes. Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, 
anything like that if they want. Uh, we don't have very many calendars left. I think I only got probably a half a dozen left, so not a lot. Um, but yeah, yeah, they can definitely reach out. All you right. bought one? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked a little bit about this when when I was there. You 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 talked a little bit about it. Was really, you know, you're you're not a veteran. Do you have people in your family that are veterans or involved in public safety that kind of inspired you to do this, or is it just, you know, from from being around them, getting to know the different veterans? Yeah, so both my granddads um, were in the service. Uh, my um, my grandfather on my mom, my mom's dad. He never seen combat. Uh, my dad's dad seen combat. Uh, he was um, Vietnam, and uh, my uncle, my mom's brother, um, was uh, Army for twenty, I don't know, twenty two years. Um, so it, it was something that that I had a huge passion for. And to be honest with you. Um, I was, it really messed my life up a little bit when I wasn't able to go. Um, there's some, there's just some requirements that I wasn't able to, um, complete. And, uh, so I wasn't able to, but I, I had, I had a lot of passion and a lot of vision that I thought that I wanted to go and, and do, you know, hero stuff. And, uh, when, when that didn't happen, I think I, you know, took a, took a turn in my life and, Maybe not all of it was good, but, um, you know, I, I guess I look at it now and I had someone that came up to me the other day, um, very important person in my life. And this person said, you know what, you have to look at it like this. If you would have went over and done what those guys are doing, you might be just as messed up and have as many demons as they have and not be able to do what you're doing today. It's probably a God thing that you didn't go. So I had to, you know, kind of swallow my lump in my throat when they said that and say, you know what, you're probably right. But, um, you know, just like I said, I mean, the way that the Vietnam guys, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very, very, very close with um, a local hero in my eyes. Like I say, they're all heroes, but um, Niles Harris, who is a very, very, very good friend of mine. He lives in Deadwood, South Dakota. Anyone that's watching your show, if you don't know who Niles is, but if you know the, the band or the, the country music artist, Big and Rich, they wrote a song about Niles' experience. Um, it's called The Eighth of November. And uh, it talks about um, what happened to him during um, the 8th of November, 1965, uh, when him and 29 Americans were jumped by the Vietnamese be around people like that you know and I've, I've got Niles he doesn't talk he's that era that they don't talk about anything anybody that knows Vietnam guys they're just not talkers they don't want anybody to know their demons they don't want people to know what they're holding inside so I feel it's an honor when I get guys like that to come up and share stories with me and feel confident enough to talk to me about things 
but it really tears on me when I have those guys that come up and say, where the fuck were you at when I came home? Because the other motherfuckers were spitting on us. They were fucking throwing shit at us. Where were you at? It's things like that that are like, yeah, you know, why wasn't there people out there taking care of the men that were doing horrible things that they didn't want to be doing? It's no different than what's going on in our society right now. Police officer, firefighter, EMT, correctional. These guys don't want to be doing what they have to do. And it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's tough. What is your what is your vision for Sacred Mountain Retreat moving forward in, in the years to come? Oh, I got lots of visions. I got lots. Um, so we are in the process right now of, of really trying to get funding put together to get the Equine Center built. Um, the Equine Center will be basically we'll be able to run the facility. In climate weather, 12 months out of the year, we'll be able to have the retreats and have the equine program. I don't mean to interrupt. Were you here last night? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, um, sorry, lost my train of thought. The equine center being able yes. to. Being able to run the equine center and be able to, I mean, as you know, when you came to the program, Friday it was snowing and rainy and crappy outside. So we had to go to plan B because I didn't want people out there freezing, trying to get their mind right, engaging with a horse. So right now we're really pushing hard to get this equine center built. We're looking at close to a half a million dollars to get this equine center built. It'll be uh, it'll have an indoor riding area for these people to be able to work the horses inside. It'll have stalls inside, so the horses will be housed indoors. It'll have a leather shop and a tack room to do all of the leather work <laughs> right in there. It'll have a feed room to be able to store the feed for the horses. Um, it'll be heated for in the wintertime. It'll be cooled in the summertime. Um, there'll be, uh, horse runs going out from each stall. So the horses will be able to come in and outside. Um, the buildings will be adjoining. So you'll be able to basically, when you get into the barn, you won't have to go back outside to get into the round pan or anything like that. We'll be able to have, um, not one, but two, uh, round pens set up for people to be able to be engaging and doing things with the horses. Um, so that, that's probably my vision right now that I'm really, really focused on is getting funding for the equine center. Um, you know, then from there, it's, it's, um, you know, getting some blacktop, putting blacktop or concrete down throughout the driveway. So it's easier for handicapped accessible people to be able to get around. We do have a, uh, a mobile uh, wheelchair that people can get around, but, um, it'd just be nice if we were able to have a little less mud. Um, I'm, I'm hoping eventually that we can do uh, maybe a couple of tiny homes so we could bring some families in. Um, but the ultimate goal right now is I would like to have um, two weeks every single month except 
December and February, we're having retreats. So, you know, we're looking at um, 10, 10, about 10 months of, of capacity we're looking at. That's 20 retreats a year. 20 retreats a year is going to, you know, it's going to take us, um, you know, funding wise, we're going to have to have, you know, close to $700,000 a year just to operate that side of things. That doesn't include, you know, the, the rest of the, 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 you know, the utilities and the horses. And I mean, it just kind of goes on and on, if you know what I mean. Can you talk a little bit about the the volunteers that come in, like Tommy, the the horse guy? What what an incredible guy he is! And then you talked about Tara, the massage therapist, and then there was Greg, the blacksmith. Uh, can you talk a little bit a bit about these individuals? Because holy yeah, crap. for sure, I I couldn't I can't I can't speak highly enough about them, um, and I need to probably speak more about them. Tommy, what an amazing, amazing individual. He, he has taken our equine program to a total different level. Um, he's passionate. He's knowledgeable. He, um, he's an amazing teacher. Um, he's soft-hearted. He's kind. Um, he's able to explain things to the men and women that are coming through in a, in a level that is amazing and, and 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 people get it people understand um so i'm blessed beyond measure um in fact i always reach out to him in plenty of time and give him a give him our schedules and uh you know i i believe unless something happens tragic in his life tommy will never miss one of our retreats so uh, just just an amazing man um, Tara, like I was speaking about her earlier, um, the, 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 the miracle medicine that she has, um, that she is able to do with her hands, um, with her, you know, spiritual background, um, you know, the, the, the medicines, uh, you know, medicine of the hills, she calls it. Um, she is just amazing. I mean, it's funny when you get people that come through the program, they're like, oh, I don't know that I want a massage. I'm like, tell you what, go and give her five minutes. And if you don't want any more after five minutes, you can tell her you're done. I've yet to have anybody re stop after five minutes. <laughs> uh, She's just amazing. She is. She, she, she touches the heart and the soul with her hands that helps that mind let things go. Yeah. I, um, Greg, Greg's new to our program. Um, but what an amazing guy. He, uh, again, just another great teacher, a great, um, facilitator. And the fact that he can, he can explain things well, show you, and, and teach you so you can get it. <clears throat> uh, I, I think blacksmithing literally is probably 
one of the one of the coolest. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge, huge horse guy. I was born and raised. I was riding horses when I was three years old. So I've been on a, on the back of a horse my entire life. So horses are a huge part of my life. But uh, blacksmithing, I can see how, and I think what's neat about this is I see the blacksmithing and the equine therapy, how they work so well together with the mind because they're e- each one of them are able to teach you something a little different, but they're so similar. They're both helping the mind heal. Um, you know, you, you, you built an amazing knife out of a railroad spike that was no good anymore. It was going to go to the scrap. You took it and made it into something that's usable again. Yeah. Um, being able to see that, being able to see uh, 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 taking something that's no good and making something new again, that's healing. Because in the eyes of a veteran or in a, in a first responder, so many times I hear this, we're used up, we're no good. No, you're not. You just got to find something different to do. You got to find a new drive, a new direction, a new writing books, writing stories, singing songs, you know, walking dogs, whatever it is. Nobody's life is over until you're six feet in the ground. And being able to take those things and implement them back into our life is, it's huge. And I, I think, you know, when, when you ask me, how, how did I, how did I get it? So everything flows. I I, I don't know, but I, I do know that it works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the, the family atmosphere was really, really cool. I mean, you had you had your family there helping out, cooking meals, and just what a what an incredible environment that you know, I I was on edge, you know. I, I didn't know anybody and it, it's hard for me to to open up. And it was just, I don't know, the way everything worked together in order for me to just let that shit go. I, I haven't had a nightmare since, uh, since the night that I shared everything. And that's that, amazing, man. That's amazing. Slept, slept every night all the way through. Like I, that's, um, I, I still, I can't explain it. Um, cause I, I, I mean, that's been a part of my life for so long now, you know, it, there was a time early on where it was hard for me to go to sleep because I was anxious about the nightmares I was going to have. But then it just became, you know, that's that's just the way it is. And I, I dealt with it. Um, I was lucky enough earlier this year to get uh, a canine that 
you know, when I, when I have nightmares, it wakes me up and he like insists that I pet him until, you know, I guess I just kind of calm down. And then he goes and lays down and goes to sleep. And, uh, and he, he did his job there. Cause you know, when I was there, I, I did have nightmares until, until the night I shared everything. And, um, you know, but what an amazing canine that is. And, and there was other people that brought their canines and just that environment, uh, like letting our dogs go and, and comfort other people. And just, it was, and I, you have an advocate for life in me. Like this program changed my life. And it's awesome, brother. That is, that is awesome. I, I couldn't be more happy and honored, but happy that you are, you're in a better place. It means a lot. Well, and I, this is the other thing that's really cool that, um, I wasn't expecting was the, uh, the group me where everybody in, in the group, I mean, since we left there, there hasn't been a day that's passed where we haven't all. Hasn't met. been very many hours to be honest. Yeah. With you. <laughs> yeah. As we've been on this call, I don't know what have we been on here about 45 minutes. Um, my phone continues to ding through the group me everybody's having chats <laughs> uh yeah it's uh and and what an awesome tool that is so that we can stay connected to to those people that that we pour our souls to you know absolutely and and then and then you know we have the other activities i mean heck we are, i already know people that have their airline tickets to booked to come back in February for a gala. We got a golf tournament in September, you know? Um, you know, I'm, I'm hitting the road come June. I'm gonna be in Chicago for a week, advocating out there, speaking to different veteran groups, different police officer and law enforcement uh, academies. Uh, we're doing a poker run one day. Uh, then I come home. I'm home for a few days. I go to Sheridan, Wyoming to the Motorcycle Combat Veterans National Convention. I'm there for a week. I get home for a week. And then we hit the road and we are in Montana, Idaho, Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, and back home just before Sturgis kicks off on the 6th of August. Um you know, just helping share the mission, helping get more awareness out there of what's going on, helping write, raise some funds. Obviously, that is the mission of this trip is to raise some money. Um, we've got the sixth on the sixth program that we've kicked up. We're doing this motorcycle raffle where we're selling raffle tickets for an amazing um, custom. Well, it's, a, it's an Indian um, dark horse. And then we had a custom paint job put on it. Um, that stuff's all launching this week as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, having people like yourself that's advocating for us in Florida and allowing me to come on and, and, and speak about our program through your, um, your show, 
mean, if one person out there, if one person out there picks up the phone and calls you or calls me and says, hey, tell me a little more about this program, I really think it could help me. Man, we've saved another life. Yeah. And I, I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done for me personally, but you know, thank you for everything that you're doing and, and, and continue to do. And, um, My oh, pleasure. and just so you know that I'm one of the people that has already booked their room and airline ticket for the gala. So I'll be there. <laughs> right on. So, right on. um, uh, is there anything that, that we didn't touch on that, that you feel is important that, uh, I don't think so. I, I, again, like I, I mean, I just sharing our mission is what's going to help continue to carry this place to the next level. Awesome, man. Thank, thank you so much, Jared. Yes. No, thank you. I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on your favorite podcast platform and visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. My goal is and always will be to add value to as many people as possible. So if I can be of any assistance to you or someone you know, Please connect with me via email or on one of my social media accounts linked on the homepage of my website. Remember, our failures don't define us unless we let them, and the only true measure of a leader is the success of their team.